thank you for joining me today. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so honored that you would let me come right into your space to share the Word of God with you today. But before I do, I want to tell you about my book, our new autobiography that is called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. People have been waiting for this story for years. And the back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith, to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. And it has so many wonderful photos so you can see what you're reading about. You're just going to love this faith-filled journey called Unlikely. But today, I want to talk about you. You might feel that you are unlikely to be used mightily by the Lord. Well, when I think about me and Denise, we were two very unlikely candidates to do what we're doing today. I'm from a small town in Oklahoma called Sand Springs, a wonderful little town, but a little town. Denise is from a little town in northeastern Oklahoma called Miami. Who would have ever imagined that a boy from Sand Springs and a girl from Miami would end up living in Moscow, Russia, with a magnificent ministry that has touched millions and millions of lives, not only in Russia, but now through media all over the world, my friends. If anybody was unlikely for this assignment, it was me and Denise, but God has used us because we were willing to say yes. And if you're willing to say yes, you're the very one that God is looking to use. And today we're going to be using the Bible, and I'm going to be reading to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Listen to what Paul says about the unlikely people that God chooses. For you see your calling brethren, have it not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen." I think about Samuel the prophet. He was just a young boy when the call of God came to him and he became a prophet to the nation. That was very unlikely. Or how about King David? When God called him to take down Goliath, he was but a boy. Or when it was time for Jesus to come into the world, God used a teenage girl, a virgin named Mary, and used her as the instrument to bring the Son of God into the world. All of these were unlikely choices in the view of the world. Or how about Jesus' selection of the apostles? None of them were theologically trained. Jesus taught chose fishermen. He chose tax collectors. He did not go to the local seminary to look for people he would choose for the ministry. None of them were likely choices, but that is who God chose. And we're told in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 29 that God chooses unlikely people that no flesh should glory in his presence. And let me ask you, would you have chosen Samuel as a child to be a national prophet? Or would you have chosen a young teenager named David to take down a giant? Or would you have chosen a teenage girl, a virgin named Mary to be the instrument to bring the Son of God into the world? Or if you were Jesus, would you have chosen tax collectors and fishermen to be your apostles? But that is exactly who Jesus chose. That is who God chose. And if you feel that you are unlikely, you are also a candidate 
to be used for the purposes of God. But let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and read verses 26 to 28 again, and then we're going to take this verse to pieces. It's going to really encourage you today. Listen to it. For you see your calling brethren, have there not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. But notice the very first of verse 26 says, how that not many wise men after the flesh are called. What does that word wise mean? Well, in Greek, it is the word sophos, which describes individuals that are especially enlightened or people that have special insight or those that are especially bright. The word sophos was used in ancient Greek literature to portray highly educated people like scientists, philosophers, doctors, teachers, lawyers, and others who were considered to be the super intelligentsia of the world. We would say these were individuals that were intellectually brilliant. These were individuals that were cut above the rest of society. But Paul says, for you see your calling brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh are called, which means most of the people that God calls to do mighty things will not be considered to be members of the super intelligentsia or a cut above the rest of society. These are not the traits that God is looking for. God reaches into the hearts of common, ordinary folks and uses them to advance the cause of his kingdom in the earth. Paul says not many God calls fits in to this category. God has used an army of people throughout history who became mighty men and women of God. And if you look at the church today, you find God is still specializing in choosing very common people to do mighty feats for the kingdom of God. That's good news because if God uses ordinary and common people that means he's going to use me and he's going to use you. Maybe you're one of those people who says, well, God can't use me because I don't have a Bible school diploma or God can't use me because I haven't been to college or God can't use me because I'm not theologically trained. Put all of that away. That does not disqualify you. Remember, God called fishermen. He called tax collectors. He called people who were simple and ordinary but had hearts that were willing to be used. And if you have a heart that is willing to be used, you're the one that God wants to use. Where does the Bible ever say God is looking for brains? If you have a heart to be used, even if you're common and ordinary, you're the one that God wants to use. But wait, Paul goes on. And in 1 Corinthians 1 26, he says, for you see your calling brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many Mighty. The word mighty is the Greek word dunatoi. It's the plural version of the Greek word dunatas. It describes political might, political power, or those who think they are high and mighty. And a literal translation is God does not call many who think they are high and mighty. God is looking for simple people. And if you're simple, if you're common, run of the mill, ordinary, you are exactly the one that God is looking to use. 
And in fact, the verse goes on to say, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. Wow, that word noble, the Greek word eugenes, from the word you, which means good, the word genes is where we get the word for genes, like the human gene. When you put the two words together, it forms the word eugenes. It describes those that are well-born or those who are born with excellent genes. It described children primarily who were of high descent. They came from nobility. They came from diplomats. They came from wealthy people. These were high-born, blue-butted, cultured, refined, pedigreed, aristocratic individuals who held lofty positions in society simply due to their birth. They were given a name at birth that guaranteed them certain privileges and access that common people with unknown names did not have. And sometimes we make the mistake of thinking, oh, if God would just save this individual that is famous or this person that is political, oh, it would have such an impact. But Paul says God does not specialize in calling those kinds of people. If he doesn't specialize in calling those kinds of people, then who does he specialize in calling common people from the lower crust of society? But there's something else. This word eugenes also describes those with really good genes or those who have a streak of genius. God does not specialize in just calling people that have a streak of genius. We're glad when Aristotle aristocratic people get saved. We're glad from those from the upper crust get saved and those that are geniuses get saved. But Paul clearly says in this verse, God does not look to the upper crust of society to advance his kingdom. He is looking to the lower crust, to the ordinary, regular, routine, run-of-the-mill, standard, typical kind of people, which are people just like me and just like you. And then in 1 Corinthians 1.27, he goes on to say, And God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The word foolish in Greek is the word moreno, and it's where we get the word for a moron. My thesaurus gives these synonyms for a moron. Idiot, imbecile, halfwit, numbskull, dimwit, dunce, blockhead, dope, ignoramus, lame brain, jerk, or twerp. Now, the truth is, in God's view, no one is an idiot. But the world has often viewed God's people as idiots. The word moreno was used in Paul's time when he was writing this very verse to depict people whom the world treated with contempt. The world treated the first century believers with contempt, and the world is still treating the church today like they are idiots. There's nothing new about this. Paul, in fact, says, that God has chosen the foolish to confound the wise. The word confound means to put to shame, to embarrass, to confuse, to frustrate, even to baffle, which means the people whom the world considers to be morons, God has chosen them to put the world to shame, to embarrass the world, to confuse the world, frustrate the world, and to baffle those who think they're so smart. So if you've ever been called stupid or viewed yourself as being stupid, guess what? You might be the very one that God wants to use. And then 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul goes on to say, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The word weak, the Greek word asthenes. This word asthenes depicts those that are weak, base, feeble, puny, or powerless. It depicts something so substandard, second rate, low grade, and inferior, it's almost laughable. It makes me think of King David when he was sent to the front lines to take down a giant. He was so young at that time that we're told in 1 Samuel 17, 42, and when the Philistine, that is Goliath, looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. Goliath thought it was a joke that David had come to fight him because he was such an unlikely warrior to take him down. Goliath even laughed when he saw who God had chosen. In fact, the Bible tells us what Goliath said in 1 Samuel 17, verse 43. Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Who would have dreamed that God would have chosen a boy to take down a giant? It may have looked laughable in the eyes of Goliath, but David is the one that God chose, and David took the giant down. In the very same way, in the first century, when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, the world considered believers to be puny, powerless, feeble, silly, and much of the world looks at the church like that today. There's nothing new about that. But my friends, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 says, God has chosen us to confound the things which are mighty. That word confound again means to baffle. Paul was saying, God has chosen whom the world considers to be puny and powerless, even laughable. These are the very ones God chooses to confuse, frustrate, and to baffle those who think they are so high and mighty. Listen, common, regular, run-of-the-mill people, they are the ones that God has chosen to conquer the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the world may view you as being silly and feeble and puny and powerless. You might even view yourself like this. You may think that you're substandard, second rate, low class, low grade, or inferior. But my friend, even if your gifts and talents seem small in comparison to others, it does not disqualify you. And in fact, your feelings of weakness and your feelings of inadequacy may be the very thing that qualifies you as a first pick for service in the kingdom of God. Because when God uses you, it's for sure God will get all the glory. You're exactly the kind of person that God is looking to use. But Paul then goes on. And in 1 Corinthians 1.28, he says, God has chosen base things of the world. What does the word base mean? It is the word agenes, very similar to the word eugenes. The word eugenes is where we get the word noble. We've already seen this. The word eugenes describes those that are well-born or those who have good genes. But here we have the word base, the Greek word agenes, which is the opposite of eugenes. It describes those that are low-born or those who have bad genes. 
It depicts those that are born into the lower crust of society, second-class citizens, those that are not so smart, not so brilliant. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter what class you're born into or how many brains you have or do not have, it does not qualify you from being used in the kingdom of God. Even if you feel that you're very ordinary and not too special, your ordinariness is what qualifies you to be a first pick in the mind of God because God will get glory when he works through you. You're exactly the kind of person God is looking to use. But wait, then Paul goes on and in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 28, he says, and base things of the world and things which are despised. Despised, what in the world does that mean? The Greek word means to treat with contempt, to disregard. It pictures someone so low, so detestable that others view him to be hideous, despicable, and nauseating. One that is born so low and is so outcast, he isn't even worth recognizing or considering, which means if the world makes light of you, if the world or others treat you with contempt, if the world or others disregard you, neglect you, and overlook you, take heart, because you're the very kind of person God is looking to use. And in fact, the RIV, which is the Renner interpretive version of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 28, is like this. Listen to this exciting translation of these verses. For you see your calling, brothers, how not many of you were especially bright, educated, or enlightened according to the world's standards. Not many of you were impressive. Not many came from high-ranking families or from the upper crust of society. Instead, God selected people who are idiots in the world's view. In fact, the world sees them as imbeciles, jerks, and real twerps. But God is using them to utterly confound those who seem smart in the world's eyes. God has chosen people whom the world finds laughable, and through them, he is confounding those who think they are so high and mighty, low-class, second-rate, common, average, run-of-the-mill people, those so low that the world doesn't even think they're worth the time of day. These are the ones whom God has chosen. That is a literal translation of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 28 in the RIV version. It is amazing. Look who God chooses. So rather than complain that you're too unlikely, it's time for you to throw up your arms and shout hallelujah because you're the very one God is looking to use. By choosing regular people, God makes sure that when victory is won, all the glory is going to go to God. Think about me and Denise. All the odds were against it. I'm from a little town in Oklahoma called Sand Springs. Denise from a little town in northeastern Oklahoma called Miami. Who would have ever dreamed that God would have used us in the way that he has used us? And I say all of this to the glory of God. Nobody is more amazed than me and Denise because we were so unlikely. My friend, God has used me to write about 40 books. Who would have imagined it? 40 books that have been distributed into multiple languages 
by millions all over the planet. Who would have ever dreamed that Rick and Denise Renner, such unlikely individuals, would leave the state of Oklahoma, travel the world, and preach the gospel to millions of people in meetings and by media? Or who would have ever dreamed that God would move us to the Soviet Union? a land which once was the bastion of communism. And in the midst of that place, God would use us to establish a TV network that has touched Russian speakers all over the planet, my friend. I'm coming to you right now from our studio in Moscow, Russia. All of this is completely unlikely. And that's why I can personally tell you that God delights in choosing individuals that are unlikely. He chooses people that are unlikely because through them, when victories are achieved and when the kingdom of God is advanced, it is for sure that God is going to get the glory. And that's what we read in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. I'm telling you, if God's done anything through me and through Denise and through our family and through our ministry, it's because of his grace and because of his power, because we were very unlikely candidates to do what we're doing. Now, you may think, well, but I'm just a housewife or I just have a regular job. I don't have any higher education. I'm from kind of the lower class. That does not eliminate you. God called Samuel when he was a child to be a national prophet. God called David when he was a teenager, an unlikely choice to take down a giant. God chose a young girl named Mary to become the instrument through which the Son of God would come into the world. Jesus chose apostles that had no theological training. They were tax collectors and fishermen. But Jesus chose them and empowered them with his spirit. And those men gave the charge. And the early church, which by the way was also unlikely, the early church was composed of poor people and slaves, just common people. It was not the upper crust of society. God reached into the hearts of common, ordinary people, saved them, washed them in the blood of Jesus, empowered them with the Holy Spirit, and they became a mighty army which changed history. And my friend, that is who God is still using today. And if you think you're unlikely, well, just throw up your arms and shout hallelujah because God is pointing his finger at you and he wants to energize you by his spirit to do something mighty in this world. And that's why I want you to get my book, our autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. And again, the last sentence on the back of the page says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith to launch out and experience your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. So please order yours now. My friend, I want your faith to be stirred to understand God is pointing his finger at you. Quit putting yourself down and listening to the opinion of others. What is important is God's opinion of you. My friends, God has chosen you. He has saved you. He's energized you by his spirit and you can do anything that he tells you 
you can do. Oh, what a pleasure it is to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 28 with you about God choosing unlikely people to do His work. And my friend, I want to tell you that if you have a special prayer need, we want to pray for you. If you'll just reach out to us and let us know how to pray for you, we will really pray intelligently and with faith for whatever it is you're dealing with in your life right now. I love to quote Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things. It's not enough just to cry out. You got to cry out in faith and we know how to do that. And with you, we will cry out to God in faith and God will respond to your prayers and our prayers and God will show you great and mighty things.